0: Usually veterinarians, veterinary technicians, anyone really in the vet profession, though obviously I've walked mostly in the shoes as a veterinarian, type A people, the people that never put themselves first, we burn the candle at way too many ends, we're, we're doing too many things, and we honestly max ourselves out so much right. that we forgot to enjoy anything either at work or at home.
1: Hi everyone and a very warm welcome to the Vet Method Podcast. My name is Sanjay Mangabai and I'm here in the wonderful Cathedral City of Salisbury in the southwest of England and today I'm delighted to be joined by Lenny Kaplan. Hi Lenny, welcome.
0: Hi, thank you for having me.
1: So whereabouts are you you today?
0: I am in the U.S. in New York State.
1: Okay. And what's the weather like there now?
0: Terrible. <laughs> it's, it, we're going through a heat wave, as is most of the country. So I don't okay. want to mind too much. But the humidity, holy Moses, between the temperature and the humidity, it's been pretty unbearable.
1: Oh, and we're having yeah. one of those rare sunny days in the UK. So um, a little bit nice. different. <laughs> Good. Yeah. So, so a little bit about Lenny. She has been a small animal practitioner for 21 years including working in emergency and general practice. And she has been teaching future veterinarians since 2014. And Lenny earned her professional life coach certification a few years ago in 2017. So the title of the podcast is Falling Back in Love with Vet Med. And we're going to talk about that for the next few minutes. Okay, Lenny, our time starts now. So question number one who is your ideal client?
0: My ideal client, honestly, is right attached to my own heartstrings because I was her at one point. So usually veterinarians, veterinary technicians, anyone really in the vet profession, though, obviously I've walked mostly in the shoes as a veterinarian, you know, high achievers, type A people, the people that never put themselves first we burn the candle at way too many ends. We're, we're doing too many things. And we honestly max ourselves out so much mm-hmm. that we forgot to enjoy anything, either at work or at home. And that's the people I like to work with is to remind them of who they are. And because of that, and because they'll start to self-care, they will then fall back in love with their profession.
1: Fantastic. So it's basically all people in the veterinary team. OK, yes. um, especially people with that type A personality, uh, you know, people who like to get things right, kind of perfectionist type of people. And as we know, practices tend to be really chaotic and busy and places of distraction. OK, mm-hmm. so it's a, everyone in that environment. That leads us nicely on to question number two. What's the biggest problem your clients face and, and how do you help them solve it?
0: They face many problems, <laughs> <laughs> they are i know i wish i wish it was simple but it's all bundled up together so mm-hmm. that overwhelm is one of the biggest problems feeling like they're always behind therefore they're always stressed they're always anxious let's be honest sometimes you are actually like you have a short fuse so things that normally wouldn't bother you start to completely you know, get blown out of proportion, never taking time for themselves, forgetting who they once were, changing their time. So it's sort of all of it is together. And What my goal is at least one person at a time, though I'm going to try and expand this a little bit more. If I can get one person, even one person on a veterinary team to decrease their anxiety and their overwhelm, they're going to actually perform better both at work and at home. That's going to improve their relationships. And I'm hoping that that will be a domino effect, right? So if they don't react to a given situation and they can role model for someone else, then someone else won't get triggered and we'll kind of just stop that path that seems to keep happening. Mm -hmm. And then I'll just, again, do what we want to do. Because honestly, I like to say most of us are in it because we love the animals. So we have so much in common, right? With the people we work with. Right. And that's what, and I want everyone to to continue to love that, you know, and as we, you and I briefly discussed, the rate of attrition is frightening. There Mm -hmm. are stellar veterinarians and honestly, veterinary technicians who leave the profession. It breaks my heart every single time because these are the people we need to stay in the profession. So I want to help them so that they, they really remember why they got into this in the first place.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. So, uh, so some of the symptoms, some of the, the problem they face is this feeling of anxiety, of overwhelm, maybe not understanding why they feel like that. And and having this mismatch of expectations and the reality that they find themselves in in veterinary medicine. Certainly that happened to me, you know, um, Mm. being a vet for 32 years. (laughs) And you know what's sad?
0: Mm. A lot of people think they're the only one. They they feel, they look at the hospital, they look at their colleagues and everyone else, they seem to be doing it just fine. They seem to get their calls done. They seem to get their records done. I'm like, nope, (laughs) everyone is battling Thing. So that's another thing is just making this not normal, but normal to a point that we're not afraid to talk about it and therefore we can take action about it.
1: Absolutely. That's so important. Getting on to question number three what are the typical symptoms that people experience with that problem? You know, they're they're kind of pain points.
0: Pain points. One, I'll be honest about, which I think might trigger some people, but I, again, I've been there, done that. So I'm not throwing any stones at glass houses. I think we like to blame a lot of. A lot of other people and never take responsibility for what our role is. We stay late. You know, I had to pick up the kids. I had to do this. I had to do that. And honestly, at some point you need to step back and say, okay, what can I change to make something a little bit better, a little bit easier in my life? We have to redefine what perfection is other symptoms, so to speak, is they don't say no. <laughs> hey, well, it wasn't my fault. Well, it was because you could have just said, no, it's two letters. <laughs> you yeah. know, it is hard to do, but you know, little things like that are going to make a huge difference. I might've mentioned this. So worrying about and prioritizing everyone else before yourself, like at some point, if you're not taking care of yourself, you're not going to take care of everyone else. Right. And the big one, which was a huge one for me, was not really separating my life from work. So even when I was off, I was checking emails, I was responding to texts, I was thinking about patients or thinking about what's coming up and what I have to do. And because I was never present in the moment, which honestly takes away from you, it takes away from your family, your personal time. And if you can't refill your cup, you're, you're just going to be depleted before the day even starts.
1: Absolutely. So there's quite a lot in there so um you started off with you know tending to blame everything else so I guess what well, that is about maybe t- you know we don't take the time to think about what's going on and evaluate you know stuff and then we get this feeling of overwhelm and anxiety that you talked about yeah um you know there's there, there's so much to in there and I'm, uh, to put in there and I'm sorry that we don't have the time to go into each yep. into each thing but that's yeah that's so important thank you question number 4 What are the common mistakes that people make when trying to solve their problem? You know, the things they thought were going to work, the things they try but fail.
0: I think, again, it's the saying things like, I'm going to leave work at work and then not actually doing it or Mm -hmm. saying, I'm going to go home and I'm going to take care of me. And then they're not actually doing that. Trying to, again, set a boundary, but they don't set the boundary. So they think that they're doing it. Communication's a big one is uh-huh. just say no <laughs> I can't and thinking that people can read your mind or something similar
1: so that's about being a, a kind of people pleaser you know wanting to do everything and thinking yes. you can do everything yeah. and yeah. actually not thinking that oh you know it's, it's going to take too much time I'm going to get stressed out with it and just say no like you say that's really really good advice thank you You
0: just triggered something for me. I think a big mistake is assuming that everyone else is going to get mad or free or disown you. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: She's not a team player if you're actually advocating for yourself. But again, that's where you get the opportunity to be a role model.
1: Absolutely. Fantastic. Right. Thank you. On to question number five. What is one valuable free action that someone listening to this can can implement that will help them solve that problem?
0: My top tip I love this top. I handed it out to other people. I think some people actually do embrace it and do it, which is lovely. Uh-huh. So, I think everybody, every single day, needs to carve out personal protected time. So, I call it PPT. And you pick when this is. And honestly, I'm- advocate for at least it being 20 minutes. So it's not, it's not like a crazy amount that I'm recommending. Obviously Mm -hmm. if you can do more than that, that's even better. That is yours. It is untouched. Protected means nothing. So if you have kids, maybe your personal protected time is after the kids go to bed, basically sit, you are not allowed to do anything. My rule is nothing related to vet medicine. Mm -hmm. So if you, Read, stare at the wall, take a walk, exercise, shower, meditate, whatever you need to do that is going to reboot you for only twenty minutes or more. That's fine. I did not used to do this, but my now my personal protected time is from nine thirty at night until six in the morning. Mm-hmm. So phone goes on silent. I think at like eight or eight thirty p.m. So whether or not you text call me whatever, I have no idea. I don't check it. It doesn't matter. I like to go to bed early. So, yeah. so for me I have like one hour to kind of like relax, get ready for bed. I honestly read in bed every single night and that is untouched. Every blue moon, there's always an exception to every guideline. So yes, I'm not going to say that a hundred percent of the time I can actually adhere to this, but I would say like 98 to 99% of the time I really do. It's got to be an exceptional emergency that mm-hmm. my personal protected time gets devoted to someone else
1: absolutely and that's so important mm-hmm. so, so you mentioned ppt protected personal time at least 20 minutes it's kind of like when i started practice you know when i owned my own business you paid everyone else and then you kind of paid yourself last if there was something left over and it's kind of like pay myself first and then i'll manage with the rest so maybe it's about carving out that personal time at the big be- you know that maybe at the beginning of the day because you know yeah I like to go for a run and that's my time first thing in the morning. But, yep. you know, if you, if you prioritize that time is what you're saying, time to just yes. spend time for yourself, then let the day pull up with other stuff. Yes. Uh, that's, yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's, I think that's a really good tip. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, great. So let's go on to question number six, only two questions to go. <laughs> what's one, what's one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that will further help?
0: I think right now I'm going to direct them to my website, which is lcaplingcoaching.com. And I have a blog. So I kind of write about these types of topics. I have, I have a bunch coming out, but I have some like leaving emotional work at work because mm-hmm. it's so again, like if you have a stressful day or something upset you to not be able to take that, that to not leave it at work and you take it home with you.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, So
0: that information there i do post also on instagram so i try to do that i'm going to have some courses coming out and again i can always do consultations about coaching and because it, sometimes it is a team effort especially in a veterinary hospital you can do as much as you can do as an individual and that's exactly what i want but imagine if we can get the whole team on board and really change everyone's mindsets about expectations and boundaries mm-hmm. I know and prioritizing yourself if everyone is happier just think of how much more productive less medical mistakes better care for the animals the patients it just it ripples and it's so nice
1: <laughs> absolutely so quite a few resources there and a good place to start is your website which is alcofflandcoaching.com and we'll have a link um, for that um, on the podcast thank you and finally question number seven what's the one question lenny that i should have asked you that i didn't
0: I ask myself this sometimes. So I guess I'll I'll use this question is if I could do it over again, what would I do differently? Uh And I think knowing what I know now, I would definitely reprioritize like all the practices I put into place now. I honestly would not have waited like, you know, 16 years (laughs) to put into place. So I didn't hit a point where honestly I'm like everyone else, like I've gone through the why did I become a vet? And was this the right career choice? Absolutely. And what can I do? Um, and once I actually stepped back and I started like doing all of this other stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, I love being a vet. I really do. I love it. I love the animals. I love working with people that love the animals as much as I do. Mm-hmm. And I wish I would have done this way sooner. So now I'm sort of trying, I'm hoping to get the people that haven't hit the the bottom, so to speak, that I hit. I'm trying to I'm trying to cushion that and then actually like almost like a trampoline bounce them back up
1: mm-hmm. so that
0: you ever hit that but they remember why they got to where they were in the first place.
1: That's a, a very worthwhile mission, Lenny. So um, yeah, if we could all talk to ourselves, to our younger selves, wouldn't that be great and say, don't make... Mm-hmm. But we have an opportunity, you have an opportunity to help people at the stage that you were at years ago but it wasn't a resort. yes like you're providing now. So fantastic. Thank you. And can I finish
0: with one thought that I just had to, I think when I talk to some people about this, they are so overwhelmed. They just feel like I absolutely cannot see how I can do anything. And again, I feel like the personal protected time is a very tiny step. Here's what I'll tell people when you're going to run a marathon, you're not going to open your door after never having run and do a 26, Point You're not going to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. So you start with a walk and then ultimately a walk run, and then you're going to up to maybe more running. And then you're going to increase the time you're running and the distance you're running. Mm -hmm. So this is the same way. We're not going to go from like zero. I haven't been taking care of myself. I'm overwhelmed to suddenly being never overwhelmed in anything. Mm -hmm. So it's, Hey, like this is going to be a baby step type process, but the payoff is worth it and until you start, right, until you get off your couch and walk, mm-hmm. even for a half mile, you're not going to get anywhere towards running the marathon.
1: Absolutely. So it's practicing those techniques, those steps that you're that that you describing, and not just yep. going to just overnight change, but it's doing them consistently and you're building up your, not so much, well, I would imagine in a, in the marathon analogy, building up your endurance and your fitness and yeah we do that with bitman yeah
0: so i don't want people to feel so overwhelmed that they're like forget it i passed the point of no return because yeah. that's not true
1: absolutely wow thanks so much in there you gave us some really valuable insights about how to leave work at work was one of the important things and separate it from um, from personal time you know you know so that yeah you, have, you know protect that personal time you talked about how, you know, how we can learn to stop resenting and maybe even dreading work and start enjoying yes. this wonderful profession that we have. Yeah. And that you know, a good quote from your website, actually, uh, that I've adapted. Is you also, that knowing that you don't have to live to work, but yes. that you can work to live a fulfilling life. Yeah, I'm sure our listeners will take away some really valuable insights. And once again, I just want to say thank you, Lenny, for your time mm-hmm. today.
0: No, you're very welcome.